0: Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're
1: listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Good news for lab rats in the U.S., Bad news for Jews and Muslims in Belgium. When will Spain show mercy for bulls? These are just a few of the topics we will be covering today. Hello, I'm William Mayoff,
2: and I am Nancy DeFabio, And also here in the studio is our producer Dale Chadwick. Hey. Welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show. I'm just impressed with your enthusiasm.
1: Good to be here. <laughs> Hey, Dale.
2: <laughs> it's a live radio show about animals. Topics range from animals in science to animals in entertainment to animals in religion to animals in agriculture. Animals play an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. This show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world. And from that information, you can draw your own conclusions. Our guest today is Aviva Vetter. She's from the Humane Society International and she will be talking to us about animal testing in Canada. Very interesting topic, a sad one, but one we need to talk about. Uh, But before we start, it was a baby mosquito's first day to fly out of his home. When the mosquito came back home, the baby mosquito that is, later that day, the father mosquito asked, How was your journey, my baby mosquito? And the little mosquito replied, It went great. Everyone was clapping for me.
1: You get it? You get it? <laughs> yeah. Very good. You gotta get another pen like that, Nancy. That's just good stuff. Everybody's clapping. Okay, good. Uh, well, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency says it will aggressively reduce the use of animals in toxicity testing, with a goal of eliminating all routine tests on mammals by 2035. That's if we still have an EPA. Because with the Trump administration is going, we ain't going to have a DPA, nor any protects for lakes, rivers, streams, no nothing. We won't have to worry about... Uh, maybe we'll just have sitting water, standing water, and have mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. And lots of clapping. And lots
2: of clapping for the mosquitoes, okay. yeah.
1: So we're very topical. We're very contemporary in this show, okay? Well, anyways, chemicals such as pesticides typically get tested for safety on animals like mice and rats, at least pre-Trump. Researchers have long been trying to increase the use of alternative safety tests that rely on lab-grown cells or computer modeling. The EPA's administrator, Andrew Wheeler, has set some specific deadlines to try to speed up that transition. He has directed the agency to reduce all requests for and funding of studies with live mammals by 30% by 2025. He says... He wants the agency to essentially eliminate all mammal study requests and funding by 2035 with the use of live mammals only allowed after that with special permission. Permission by whom, Nancy?
2: By the EPA.
1: Thank you. An environmental, this is a proactive all-participatory show here, okay? An environmental advocacy group, the Natural Resources Defense Council, has come out against the move. They're claiming that phasing out these scientific testing methods can make it much harder to identify toxic chemicals, accusing Wheeler and the Trump administration to be working on behalf of the chemical industry and not the public. Wheeler says chemical companies did not lobby him to take this action. He claims not to have talked to a single chemical company about this. The EPA will hold an annual conference on the development of new methods, and has awarded four and a half million dollars to five universities to help develop them. So I,
2: I don't know what's wrong with the National uh, Defense Council, Resources Defense Council, because I guess they didn't do their homework. The um, in 1987, Wheeler wrote an editorial for the college newspaper on the need to reduce animal testing. So I think this guy's legit, even though you know people are a little concerned because he's you know under Trump's regime. Um, he uh, he seems uh, pretty credible. His older sister is a zoologist. His younger sister is a veterinarian. So this man, I mean, he grew up in a household I think that generally cares about the welfare of animals.
1: And um, he's part of the uh, the EPA. He's, system, the, right? he's
2: the director of the EPA. Wow. And you know, and also most of the animal is tests used by the by the EPA are more than half a century old. They're really ancient. They really need to be updated. And it'll well, even, how about
1: not testing on animals and not having anything to update? Well, well, what are well, we testing on animals?
2: Well, we're we're trying to go in that direction, but right now we'll take what we can get. It's going to take 16 years before we really eliminate all well, animal testing by the EPA. Um, so this is definitely enough time to come up with alternatives. So the thing is, you know, the the National Resources Defense Council they're objecting before they can even establish before we can even establish an alternative testing you know, what the alternative testing methods will be. Uh, they're jumping up and down. I don't understand why they're doing that, not even knowing. And, um, you know, lab-grown cells or computer modeling, those are legitimate, you know, advanced technology that should be explored uh, by the EPA and That's fascinating. So
1: just for the, the, the people like me, the lay people, who are not so scientific animalistically like you are, so instead of torturing torturing some kind of mammal, some furry little creature who has, you know, sensibilities and all, what you're suggesting here is that they might just take some kind of cellular right. whatever it is, like they do in clones, take it from the animal and test the tide detergent and all that stuff on the That's, cells yeah. and see the reaction to the cells instead of doing, you know, right. anal shocking or makeup shocking to these poor animals. Yeah. Right. Just take a cell structure of them, a yeah. sample of and them. There are
2: some companies that are still already doing that. It's 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 not, you know, something That's new. It's gonna be new for the EPA because they're
1: But this know, is this is old knowledge that you're ancient. well acquainted with, but others of us who are more ignorant there did know that there was an alternative to test on the cells of the animals for toxicity. Instead of, right, yes. instead of just taking the animal and torturing the crap out of them. Right. Who would know that? So now I'm enlightened by this show. Well
2: I'm happy that you're enlightened. I thank you for your blessing.
1: I thank you for your blessing. Let's go All right. On. So, and a second Belgian ban on the Muslim and Jewish methods of ritually slaughtering animals went into effect on September the 1st. As tensions grow across Europe over the balance between animal welfare and religious freedom. The law first went into effect in Flanders, the northern mostly Dutch-speaking region in January. Now the law must be respected in the southern most French-speaking the French-speaking region called Wallonia. Flanders and Wallonia are Belgium's two largest regions. Back in 2017, Wallonia's parliament voted nearly unanimously in favor of the ban. Just three members abstained. Only Brussels, Belgium, uh, the the third region, has not imposed the ban. Belgium, with a population of about 11 million, is home to roughly 500,000 Muslims and more than 30,000 Jews.
2: Well, that's quite a disparity there. That's quite a
1: bunch of Muslims there, you know, in Belgium. Go figure. Man, it's
2: such a small country. Go yeah.
1: figure. Laws across Europe and the European Union... Reg- uh, wait a minute now. Laws across Europe and European Union regulations require that animals be stunned before slaughter for purposes of rendering them insensible to pain. But slaughter by Muslim halal and Jewish kosher rules requires that an animal be in perfect health and be killed with a single cut to the neck that severs critical blood vessels. The animal loses consciousness in seconds. Some say it may cause less suffering than other methods. Many Muslims and Jews in Belgium argue that stunning, making animals unconscious, meaning harming an animal for slaughter, is forbidden. They say cutting the throat causes the least amount of pain for animals. That's probably true because it's an instant death. Who knows if they're fully out of it if they're stunned? I think severing the carotid artery Actually, is no, the way to Actually, no. Many go.
2: times with the stunning, they're not fully out of it. That's but what then, I'm but then, But then some uh, animal advocacy groups are saying that they have videos of animals who have have had their their best carotid arteries severed, and they're s- severed. still like, moving around and.
1: But that's just nerves going uh. on. I think the severance of the carotid artery does the trick. If you're savage enough to still want to eat, man, you know, bite to that steak. And liver and all that other uh, scrod, you know. They they make such great impossible burgers and beyond meats. It comes back to that. And it's the, taken uh, over the West by storm. At
2: the end of the day, that's what it comes back oh, to. Whether yeah. you stun them or you know, you know, whether you cut them in the right place. Uh, yeah. To, to, Why engage to in that, that anyway? Consciousness. I don't know.
1: And you get the growth hormones. That's great for you and your kids, right? And you get the. Uh, the growth hormones you get the carcinogenic Okay, but with cells.
2: kosher meat though do you it's not organic so you can still get they can still pump all that growth hormone in there of course growth hormones and yeah, all the good yeah.
1: stuff that you're not going to get non gmo yeah. uh, you know uh, vegetarian products unless you're into fiber one stuff which is a story Nancy and I will save for later
2: <laughs> if we have time later we'll tell Fibre you The fiber one fiber bars, bars. Fiber story Yeah
1: if you ever um, uh, are you know anxious about regularity continuing on With both animal welfare advocates and right-wing nationalists pushing to ban ritual slaughter, religious minorities in Belgium and other countries argue that they are the targets of bigotry under the guise of animal protection. Some believe the animal welfare argument has been hijacked by politicians to push anti-migrant agendas. Congratulations to California, which just this past week banned uh, uh, fur, not fur, but animal hunting, or what, what did they ban, Nancy?
2: Well, yeah, every week they meant no, a, no.
1: It was a, it was it's something revolution tra- trapping animal trapping. Right. I think that's very progressive, in California. They're
2: very progressive and in all that those area. Other, all those but other. we need to get back to the story, even though we're not. But in I'm so
1: excited about all this animal news. Okay, anyways,
2: <laughs> do you, you I, don't even drink coffee, and you're all. Animated. I'm so excited I'm about. i wonder it. whose show this is but, anyway. <laughs> you
0: know?
1: Anyways, these high they claim that these uh, politicians hijack the effort and push anti-migrant agendas. Mustafa Kariri president of the CCIB uh, is claiming that it's uh, it's all political. Right. Uh, but no, we really care about animals, and so do these folks. The,
2: the, the president of CCIB that's that stands for the Collective Against Islamophobia. That's what the CCIB is. Thank
1: you. That's why I brought you along, Nancy. Okay. This regulation is an agenda of Islamophobia in Europe. Which is not true. That's some static here. But the Jewish and Muslim groups in Belgium have filed a petition to lift the ban in Belgium's Constitutional Court against the ban. Belgium's Constitutional Court has asked the European Court of Justice in Luxembourg a question prejudicial, a question prejudiciale, a prejudicial question to help it make the decision whether the ban needs to change or whether it can be upheld or if it needs to be struck down. The ruling is expected within two years and would set a precedent for the rest of Europe.
2: Yeah, the European Union has made um, stunning uh, obligatory since 1979, but uh, member states we make religious based exemptions. It always comes to religious based exemptions. Um,
1: interesting. So the Muslims and the Jews don't have to stun; they could cut by the carotid artery and right. do it that way.
2: But Belgium's saying no, well, you can't do that anymore, which is going to be an interesting t- interesting to find out what the court says. Um, for larger animals, stunning before slaughter usually means that they do a captive bolt thing, as I was saying before. It doesn't always work. You bolt right. the animal, doesn't doesn't necessarily get stunned properly the first time Well Maybe it's
1: not full voltage. Is Some, it like a stun most, gun. Well, what about a bullet to the head?
2: Well, no, sometimes they fire a metal rod into the brain. Um, hmm. For poultry, it usually means an electric shock. They don't hmm. shoot them. Uh, um, and actually, they can be knocked out with gas, too. But then I don't, don't. know that gas is in the animal's body.
1: Yes. Um, but you see, the full, foolproof way to go ahead and make as painless a slaughter uh, to animals is cutting that carotid artery.
2: You know, I want first of all, you know, I, I, in my opinion, religious exemptions. You know, it's fine until it harms another sentient being. You know, if you're going to harm another sentient being, it's time to put this religious exemption aside. For me, that's really truly what I believe.
1: But don't you think it's less... It's I mean it's more sympathetic to the animal to to sever the carotid artery is it, the least cruel way, as opposed to stunning. You don't know if it's a full so stun. I
2: really don't know because some say there's strong evidence to suggest that yes, when you sever the artery, the animal instantly doesn't hardly S- just maybe a pinch or would just gone. Right. On. So if
1: you can't if you can't pursue vegetarian humane pursuits, which is the way to go, okay, then the second least painful and, and more you know sympathetic to the animal is the stunning or the severance i would think the cutting of the artery don't you Cat- I, I should, I should Why don't we read, get someone to call in? I
2: should research that. Get but, folks but to you, call but in. But the thing is, you're going to have the rabbi say it's, you know, no, like you, you cutting get, the artery. You, then you can have an animal advocacy group saying it's, you know. Why don't you a get metal a vet? Why don't you
1: get veterinarians in or people who actually do the severance? I'm going to
2: I'm going to look into that. Or maybe they can uh, send me an email at nancy yeah, at you, Even in like Rambo movies and stuff, when he slits the throats of his enemies, they all like they choke and they collapse the, right away. No, they get the. Um, they start to drown in their blood because it goes in the lungs and stuff.
1: Right. But I so think, but that I think that's more effective than a stun, because no, yeah, the stun right. Depending the on the stuff. size of the person or the animal, they don't always conk out from no. a stun. So I think by voting here in the studio. Uh, I think it's three for three that you better cut that, uh, the carotid artery. Well, I'd that.
2: rather say that just don't eat the animal. There, that's the best. Just, just don't eat the cow. Have, your be- the, yes. have those fantastic And, you know, products. And this is really more virtual legislation because the, the meat's going to be imported from a country. The kosher meat or the the, the Islamic, uh, the halal meat is only going to be imported from a neighboring country. So that, So instead of being... The the, the the properly killed animals will be imported into Belgium from, from a, a name, from a...
1: A major play probably France.
2: From, probably France. We have
1: to see if there are a bunch of butchers so where France. they where
2: they have these religious exemptions, so the thing is, these people will continue to get their meat, it might cost a little bit right. more money, and these butchers are going to have to go look for another job, but th- it'll still, you know, it's not going to reduce the consumption of meat in Belgium, I don't think. I mean, that's not the purpose anyway, it's just to have more... Um,
1: I think they should have televised slaughters, stunning and, and the severance of the carotid artery. It should be on TV every weekend and all the kids can see how disgusting it is. And they'll go vegan and and, and, uh, and yeah. vegetarian, honestly. Yeah. And, and I can't tell you the, the advancement they're having now. Taking over commercial and uh, you know, supermarkets, restaurants, all this fake meat stuff, it's great. And you don't have to feel guilty when you eat it.
2: Let's talk about bullfighting.
1: Bullfighting. So... Uh, Bullfighting Mexico versus Spain, two different things. Well, they have
2: have them in Mexico. Well, Spain, for sure. I don't know about Mexico.
1: But one of the countries takes that sword and actually kills. Well, if you read the
2: story, yeah.
1: So let's follow this story. Bullfighting has a deep history in the country of Spain. The first known bullfight traces as far back as 711 A.D., and was romanticized in the 1900s by Ernest Hemingway, who inspired a wave of Travis to watch a bullfight firsthand. Contrary to what popular culture portrays, bulls are not agitated by the color red. In fact, they're actually colorblind to the color. As always, what a fascinating nice show. You. I never cease to learn. Nancy, a attribute to you, I thought that, that's what pisses the bull off. No, to see that it's red a apron there. It's a myth. It's a myth. So a traditional Spanish bullfight is divided into three parts. In the first part, referred to as Terezio de Veras, a picador who is riding a horse stabs the bull multiple times in the neck. These strikes can cause significant damage to the bull, who can lose up to 18% of his blood and lose mobility in his head. Is that done currently? Con- that con- that's the
2: way it's done. Is it's that stay. done
1: currently, or is that hundreds no, of years ago? T- no, t- currently. So that's barbaric 2019 stuff. Yeah, correct? yeah.
2: Last week, some guy, yeah, that's, that's how That's they great.
1: That's great. Spain. Some
2: guy who was doing that got kicked in the crotch by the bull, but he survived. So, wow. so,
1: mm-hmm. so they engage in that, that barbaric, prehistoric, yeah. primitive crap right mm-hmm. now, in current times. Uh, shocking. Uh, in the second part, Terezio de Bandelares, Bandarillas, the bull is stabbed in the shoulders with six harpoons. Finally, in Teresia de Muerte, the bull is killed. The matador stabs the bull in the chest with a sword, causing profuse bleeding and suffocation while the bull chokes on his own blood.
2: As Dale
1: suggested, yeah. As Dale suggested. The matador may even cut the ears and tails off the still-conscious animal as a trophy. And that's done in a crowded stadium, at a crowded...
2: Well, yes, but it's becoming more uh, less popular, so read on.
1: I didn't know that, that Spain is a third-world country to do that kind of it's, thing. Yes, indeed. It, instead of it a is. Western European, it a member is. of the Western European Actually, It's just becoming
2: less popular with tourists. It used to be popular. You know, more wow. Tourists are only a handful, maybe, ago, but tourists Terrible. usually don't go, they don't go anymore to these things.
1: Spaniards have become increasingly disillusioned with the practice. A 2015 poll found that only 19% of Spaniards stated they supported bullfighting, while two-thirds of respondents said that they were not proud to be living in a country, just as we were discussing, Nancy, where bullfighting is a cultural tradition. In a 2016 study, over 2,500 Spanish citizens, researchers found that the majority of citizens did not like bullfights, and the great majority did not attend or watch the events. The results illustrate shifting cultural perceptions of the practice in Spain. Rural people were more likely to support bullfighting than urban people. Declines in attendance is having an effect on the bullfighting industry. The number of bullfights in Spain declined by 40% in five years. With tourists becoming more aware and young people shifting away from bullfighting, the future is likely to be bleak for the blood sport. Yet the practice still continues. Regional bans have passed but to the dismay of many, a ban on bullfighting in, in Catalonia was overturned in 2016. The judges cited the importance of preserving cultural heritage in their decision. That's insane. A bunch of third world hicks. Sorry. I,
2: it's insane. We
1: call it like we see it, right, Nancy? Absolutely. It's, that's total crap. There's crazy. Yeah, primitive third, fourth world nation here. This refrain is commonly used by proponents of bullfighting who see the practice not only. Is part of their culture, but also an art form. Bullfighting is a difficult political issue in Spain, with many politicians still standing strong in support of the practice.
2: That's a far cry from the British, because in the British, starting probably in the 16th and 17th centuries, they had all kinds of insane blood sports. Um, The British? Oh, yeah, uh, part of entertainment. The most popular sport was bear baiting. And they had arenas, and they were called bear gardens, and they had a circular high-fenced area. Bear gardens? No, bear gardens. Bear gardens. Bear gardens. Okay,
1: no mistake totally about
2: Totally. Maybe the people were drinking beer in the bear garden, but this was a bear garden. It consisted of a circular high-fenced um, area. They called it a pit, and there was a raised seating for spectators, kind of like the, what the Romans had. And so a bear would be led into a pit, and they chained the bear by stake by his or her uh, leg or neck. So you have spectators cheering and placing bets, and then you have a pack of dogs, usually bulldogs and mastiffs. Dale's mastiff, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bulldogs or ma- or mastiffs. They would be unleashed into the arena to attack the bear, and as the dogs got tired or killed by the bear, they would be replaced. Now the spectacle continued usually uh, until the bears until the bear had killed several dogs or been bitten into submission. But, um, since the bears had to be imported from abroad at a great cost, the steps were taken usually not to have the bear killed by these dogs. So the point I'm trying to make with all this is that, and they also had bull baiting, which is very similar. They had dog fighting um this was really popular entertainment in England in what the sixteenth century seventeenth century okay, and so and eventually, something. there was a strong push by Parliament, and eventually the Cruelty to Animals Act of eighteen thirty eight was passed. And they made all these British uh, traditions—bear baiting, bull baiting, cockfighting, dogfighting—all these things, all these pop, otherwise popular traditions, became illegal. So if England can do it, you know, two hundred years ago,
1: five hundred years ago, if you say century. No, no, century, they passed
2: the law in eighteen thirty-six. Right. So if I'm saying, if you know, it's, don't you think it's time that you know Spain got got on the same page? Right. So two
1: hundred years ago. Britain did it, but that's an advanced country these days, anyways. So uh, the world has to be aware of it. Knowledge will inform the people, and sh- you know, it's going to be phased
2: out in Spain eventually. It's going to take some time, but I mean, you can you know, like you can find other traditions to hang on to. This is disgusting. This is just. Uh, but again, like the, other you know things, just things don't do? go. If you don't go, if you don't buy the ticket.
1: We have to tell the Spaniards you, that. Don't go. If there's lack of interest, that'll stop. it You know, out. just yes. power
2: in your wallet. Right. You there you go. Well
1: said. Power in your wallet. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. But one practice they could still keep that I like to see, at least in news clips, is uh, the, the run with the bulls. You know, they all run a whole bunch of Spaniards. They're running around. They get gored by the bulls. The bulls chase them. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's harmless to the bulls. I don't care. Right, and then the bulls run amok all over the place. You've seen that eclipse, right? Right. And then they gore the guys. They climb over the wooden fences. And they stick them right up to the, the horn and all that. You know, they're impaled. Yeah, sure. I think that's good stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Are we moving right along We're here? We're moving right along. So, uh, if anyone wants to call, especially experts, wanted to render their opinions about which is less savage. Of course, vegetarian right. and veganism is the best. But any of you rabbis out there and Shmuli Betoyach, and all those guys, kosher sex. If you want to tell us kosher halal, and salam alayhem, alayhem salam. If we have our Arab people, you want to call in, Nancy, read the numbers, the website that can contact us, and then we could send uh, direct messages to whoever uh, might be. Nancy, go ahead. Indicate our contact information, please. I don't know what's the
2: with you today, but anyway, the call-in number is 323-203-0815. You have a few minutes to call though because we're expecting Aviva to come on the call. It's an ongoing
1: effort. Even even in between shows. Oh yes, yeah, it's a next proactive. Sunday. We're always vigilant. We we care for our website. Absolutely. There's someone there twenty four seven to respond. We send emails back. Yes we
2: and do. And if
1: we can't do it, then we have a team in India. We have a team in the Philippines. No, we
2: don't have a team in India. We don't have a team in the Philippines. Well, you know, we sell
1: stuff. <laughs> we right have there. Dale. Yeah. <laughs> They'll, yeah, they'll, delegates Union. This stuff. <laughs> they'll they'll delegates so uh, no this stuff. They'll they'll delegate. So no, we have
2: nobody. It's just us. We're a very very uh, lean uh, team here, very lean uh, ship. So anyway, let's go to Germany.
1: Germany uh, has uh, said it will phase out the controversial weed killer uh, glyphosate uh, because it wipes out insect populations, crucial for ecosystems or ecosystems and pollination of food crops. This chemical is sold under the trade name Roundup. Made by beer, subsidiary of Monsanto. So when you're killing the weeds, you might be killing these precious insects, which right. mes- messes up the ecosystem, and then you wonder why your kid came down with cancer. Right. So we, this is something not to take lightheartedly, no. folks. This is a show that involves every, every crevice of your existence here. We're very, very relevant. The chemical, also suspected by some experts, to cause cancer in humans. What did I just say? is to be banned by the end of 2023 when the European Union, their approval uh, period for it expires.
2: What kind of cancer was it? I
1: forgot. forgot. Um, I don't know what kind of cancer. Call in, please, if uh. you know Nancy. No, I don't know. Well, I mean, they're
2: all bad. I, I, all bad. I don't yeah. know which one it I is. I don't
1: know if there's a good cancer, but uh, we'll have to, to give you more specificity, specificity to come. The basis of the ban is that the declining insect populations affect species, diversity, and damage ecosystems by disrupting natural food chains and plant pollination. Also, what harms insects might also harm people. Bayer objected to Germany's unilateral ban, arguing the chemical could be used safely and was an important tool for ensuring both the sustainability and productivity of agriculture. After its takeover of Monsanto last year, Bayer has been battered, with a wave of lawsuits alleging the flagship herbicide causes cancer, with juries awarding massive compensation. Austria became the first EU member to outlaw glyphosate uh, use in July, with restrictions also enforced in the Czech Republic, Italy, and the Netherlands. France has planned to phase it out by 2023. Campaigners worldwide have highlighted the risk of declining insect numbers noting they are vital for pollinating plants, including food crops and food sources for birds and other animals.
2: That's all the time we have today for news. We went a little bit over because I wanted to, remember I started a story on eggs a while back, and I never got to finish it. I want to just talk a little bit about uh, chick culling. Um,
1: C-U-L-L-I-N-G, next Culling? Yeah. What does that mean? mean?
2: well, it's the process oh. of killing newly hatched uh, male chicks, but we, I only have a few minutes, so um, the, all eggs, every, every single egg that you buy in the supermarket or wherever has been a part of chick culling. Chick culling is basically, like I said, the process of killing newly hatched male eggs for which the industry has no use because they just want the hens. They just want the girls. And... Um, Actually.
1: So these uh, are baby male chicks that are Hello, this
2: is Nancy on Ellie Talk Radio. Hi, this is Aviva calling uh, from Humane Society International. Hi, Aviva. Aviva, uh, I want you to stay on the phone, and we're going to start talking just a little bit. And I just wanted to finish what I was mentioning about chick culling. We're talking about eggs. Welcome,
1: Aviva. Just stand by just a moment.
2: This is my co-host, William Mayoff. So, so, and I don't know, you probably know this, Aviva, but if you don't, well, you know, you learned something today. So it occurs in all, in all categories of egg production. And um, so to replace egg-laying flocks, hens, hens have to breed more hens. And the chicks are identified as male or female, obviously. And with, within one or two days of hatching, um, 50% of uh, the hatched males are, uh, the hatched chicks are male. So, therefore, they're not usable in egg production. And what happens is these male chicks are destroyed immediately and using um, a number of methods. I'm just going to mention one because I want to start talking with Aviva. But they use a number of methods, which uh, obviously are brutally painful and barbaric. Um, I think the the one that's probably the worst is that they're put through a high-speed grinder, uh, kind of like a trashing, what do you call those? A um,
1: wood uh, chipper. That's
2: a wood chipper. Uh, as soon as they're born, they're put uh, through a wood chipper and actually, Aviva, I think this is legal in Canada. Uh, it's legal in the u s, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more the next show about different methods. um uh, they suffocate them, they cut their heads off, electrocuted. but this if you're male, a male chick, chick, yeah, in the hen um in the egg industry, if you're a male chick you they put you through a um, grinder it's a grinder, a wood chipper. So Aviva, I'm really sorry that uh, I had to interrupt our, our talk here, but I just wanted Not at all—I <laughs> wanted to finish this story that I've been working on for so long. I never get to finish it because William talks and talks
1: and Ask talks. her because I'm so enthusiastic. Does, <laughs> does she have any knowledge of chick Culling, Aviva?
2: Well. Uh, <laughs>
1: We're putting her on the spot.
2: Yeah, we're putting her on the spot. So, Viva, welcome to Animal News Magazine, by the way. Thanks for for being on the show. Thanks for taking the time. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what organization you're with and what your organization actually does?
0: sure so thank you very much uh my name is aviva better and i work for humane society international and i am the campaign manager for the be cruelty free global campaign which our the goal of our campaign is to end cosmetic animal testing around the world Beautiful. um uh, our organization humane society international we work on um well we we work to fight for all animals around the world and in all industries and areas uh, but my is- um in no, Canada what's a okay. lot what's, well, what's not a lot
2: uh, that how does it work is it pro- by province is it the who who is it a federal um
0: Regu- is it regulated by
1: the provinces or by the feds
0: Yes no the the um the regulation it's it's a it's a federal regulation that we're trying to uh trying to amend so um in Canada it's regulated the cosmetics sort of cosmetic animal testing is regulated through the F- uh, Food and Drugs Act, which is a federal act, and uh, we're looking to amend that to prohibit animal testing both uh, domestically as well as for sales or imports trade, basically. Um, so, so is it better e- if I give a little bit of a uh, give a little bit of over an overview of the global campaign and absolutely. how far we've come? Lisa, so, absolutely, you're Lisa, in baby. charge. Go right oh.
1: ahead.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, the Be Cruelty Free campaign. We launched uh, the campaign in shortly before um, the end of 2012. And right after that, uh, in early 2013, the European Union banned cosmetic animal testing. Um, Ever since then, in the last few years, we've come uh, so far that we've been able to ban cosmetic animal testing uh, in nearly 40 countries, including the European Union. Uh, And so our team is functional. In every country that we're working uh, on currently in passing legislation, we have people on the ground. Um, So we're operational in at least 12 of the largest key markets for cosmetics uh, in the world currently, uh, including Canada. And so in 2015, we worked with Senator Carolyn Stewart-Olson in Canada to uh, introduce legislation uh, to ban cosmetic animal testing. And most recently, it, 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 uh, it passed through the Senate in about mid, well, June 2018, cleared the Senate. Uh, and then it got shortly after that. Well, actually, no, months after that, it was introduced into the House of Commons. Uh, and um, then actually, it was introduced a little bit late, and so it didn't make it all the way through. So now we're looking at hopefully reintroducing this legislation once uh, the elections pass. Once we, because uh, our elections, our federal elections are coming up in October. So once elections elections pass, we'll we'll look at reinvigorating this bill.
2: So how long has it been in uh the House of Commons?
1: No. She said the House in the House Commons, of Commons. It it's going to be election in October. But but the initiative it's already passed the Canadian not Senate. No, cuz
2: I'm trying to think if it's been sitting, you know, is it under I mean are they taking this seriously or are they just, you know, stuffing it a bunch of other, under a bunch of under under a bunch of other laws or I mean
0: not at all. No, not at all. They are taking it very seriously and we're working uh we we had the uh we had the opportunity to work well we've been working with all stakeholders involved including the industry as well as um all parties to get cross uh, cross-party support so no not at all um they're very interested in passing this legislation it's just a matter of making sure that all parties are happy so- in order for it to move forward and unfortunately we ran out of time before parliament uh, yes. resigned for, or resumed or sorry dissolved um, or is dissolving resolved thank you for this for the summer thank okay. you
2: so so i of mean course. so okay first of all what what what's what what do we have now and what would this law change
0: so right now cosmetic animal testing is legal in canada wow. it's legal actually in probably about 80 percent of the world so um it's not mandated uh it's not a mandate so the only country where it's mandated is china so everywhere else um it's not legal, but it's not, it's, not, uh, it's not illegal, and it's not legal. So okay. the, uh, the choice is on the company to test or not test. Um, and, uh, and so this bill would prohibit any testing within the borders of Canada, as well as any important trade.
1: Okay, Aviva, do me a favor. Let's say it's something tangible where the listeners can actually identify and relate to, because it still sounds theoretical. So, can can you name a few big companies, and can you name what they do to test some images that we can get to bring home or drive in our cars and say, whoa, they still do this in two thousand nineteen? What's, what's horrific about this is, is it squirting a water water pistol in a cat's eye, or is it no? It's, it's can you tell us the horrors of some of this that we're trying to limit or restrict or abolish? That they're
2: doing voluntarily, that they're not obligated please.
0: by law. And look, to and do. they're not
1: involved. Can you tell us some of the horrors, please?
0: Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So, um, well, currently around the world, about 500,000 animals are used for cosmetic animal testing, includes including rabbits, guinea pigs, mice, and bats. Um, and so not only are the animals kept in unnatural laboratory environments, but they suffer during these tests. Um, an example of that would be uh, skin and eye irritation tests, and um, which require chemicals to be rubbed onto the shaved skin or dripped into the eyes of the, of restrained rabbits for example okay. without any pain relief and go. this testing this testing is pretty much unnecessary you're uh, you,
2: talk, you talking about the Draize test yes exactly that's exactly the Draize test yeah that's
1: uh... so are they do actively doing this in montreal toronto at universities let let's talk about homegrown stuff right now in canada okay so we're talking modern country well, and all that what are they doing That's really offensive, you know, in in Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, Halifax. Do you understand what I'm saying?
0: Well, yeah, no, I totally understand what you're saying. see, the problem with that is that companies don't have to disclose those kinds of numbers. So we can't tell. There's no transparency. We can't actually tell what companies are continuing to do these tests. Industry basically says that very little is being done. Very little animal testing for cosmetics currently goes on. Yeah, but we the, don't know. But when so. it comes
2: down to, let's say, like L'Oreal uh, or uh, Revlon or these 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 companies continue to test. So even though they're not testing in a laboratory in Toronto or Ottawa or Vancouver, by importing these products, you're basically buying into the animal testing. So, so sure. So sure. Of so course. Really of it doesn't course. matter. So the thing is, the, the I think that even though there may be little. To know, as far as we know, cosmetics testing in Canada, the fact that you're pushing for legislation makes it even more difficult for these cosmetics to be imported into Canada. Makes it impossible, actually. These, test- these animal-tested cosmetics, right?
0: Right. Sorry, I'm not understanding. Do okay. you mean it makes it more difficult no, this- This would make it, this would actually take away, this would make things more transparent. Exactly, exactly,
2: exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly, yes. It would make things more transparent. It would erase the question mark, basically. Um, People, consumers, which wouldn't have to go into a store and uh, wonder what cosmetic is cruelty-free and what isn't, and we wouldn't have to worry about searching for the little um, little label that says not tested on animals, because even that in Canada those labels are a little bit relaxed. I, those regulations are a little bit relaxed, meaning that a company can write on a label whether they whether they test or not. It, there's no transparency in that either. So it's really very much a gray zone. So there's really no verification.
2: There's no government official barges in and makes sure that, that that's true, that that little label is, is actually real, is actually true.
0: Right. So we have um, organizations like uh, certification companies, like um, the largest one and probably the strongest, one of the strongest certifications. There are many, but one of the strongest is Leaping Bunny. And one of the I was reasons just going to say Leaping strongest- Bunny. You
1: just read my mind. How- yeah. I'm serious. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> so Leaping Bunny, the reason why Leaping Bunny is one of the strongest is because they're third-party audited. So okay. individuals come in, that company will come in and check out a company's supply chain, as well as the company itself, to make sure that there's no animal testing from A to Z anywhere along the line, even from the ingredients that the company may buy from another lab or from another company. But you see, so that's why they're one of the strongest.
1: But but you know, the companies will feel the public, uh, you know, dissatisfaction with them and disapproval, and they'll all want to be members of the Leaping Bunny Club, and that's our goal. They can keep their transparency. we want ideally transparency. But we want the corporate citizens all around the world, especially in North America, to uh, to be part of the leaping bunny problem. They all want in. They want to be cool, and they'll frown.
2: No, there are a lot of people who don't care. They a lot of people don't. Uh, they don't think about. It's not that they don't care. They don't stop to think. You know, oh, is this tested on animals or not? They don't. They don't I stop think there's think. more of an
1: awareness. But so, but, but you. So you're part of this new proposed legislation in Canada when they resume Parliament. What What is the magic pill? What What is the remedy that that you're 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 bundling up Aviva, so i understand what what's part of your new proposed legislation domestically and can internationally you know what vehicle are you using to effectuate change can you t- explain that to me please or us to the well
0: audience? yeah well we the bill that we originally had worked to uh, introduce was bill S214 Beautiful. so we're not sure we're working on uh we're working with industry and we're working with parties right now to um, see what this will look like going forward. So it's really right now in the works, and we're waiting also to see how the elections turn out. So, so, can, so do you, you have you any sum
2: opposition?
1: Up? Sum up that bill.
2: No, but, but – oh, yeah, sum up the – yeah. So basically, does it, is it like – is it a 10-page bill It just says that, that there will not be – you know, nationally, there won't be any animal testing – for cosmetics and no such cosmetics will be imported from anywhere in the world. Does it basically come down to that?
0: Exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly what it comes down to. Yes. So it would be that broad. Well, it's not, it's not broad in effect. It's really, um, animal testing will cease to exist current, um, and from, from that day forward that the bill gets, um, comes into force, um, all cosmetic ingredients in Canada will have been deemed safe. Right. So it's like a grandfather clause. And so going forward, thing, um, current cosmetics will not be taken off the shelves just because they were previously previously tested. It will be as of that day that it comes into force, and it will ban any cosmetic animal testing that happens within the borders, and it will require that anything that comes in uh, that is imported into Canada for sale as a cosmetic isn't, uh, is cruelty-free and in effect hasn't had any animal testing on its ingredients or the product
2: itself. So this is very similar to the European Union, what the EU, uh, EU has passed, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. It's very similar to the U.S., and it's very similar, actually, to the European Union. Right, and that's what I was saying. The thing European, is, is, right. is, yeah. Please, go ahead.
2: No, that's what I wanted to say, okay. the European Union.
1: Aviva? Yes. Aviva, do you have specific, because people are willing to risk their necks, like you, do you have specific MPs uh, in Canada, who uh, are, are supportive of your efforts, so people can go on the webpage, say, you know, Joe Blow of East whatever, blah blah, Cliff Ontario is in favor of this. Do you have sympathizers that you can name, politicians, MPs that are their that are advocates? Well, def- of You know what I'm saying?
0: Definitely. I mean, our our bill sponsor is um, Mar- Marilyn Gladue well, there from Lantz Ontario. So, sorry. No, Latin, that's wonderful. Sarnia?
1: That's wonderful. From where in Ontario, Nets, You should make a note of that, and we should put it on our website. From
0: from Lampton Sarnia, in yeah.
1: Ontario. Yeah, we should reward that behavior, and all these champions who who you know want to advocate for that should should be you know
0: commended. Absolutely. Do, well, do, you encourage...
2: do you have any opposition? Are the um, conservatives still no, up and not down? Not I can
0: say, actually. Sorry?
2: Even the conservatives are not complaining that it's—you uh, you're, 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 know—more laws, more regulations. Let the free market, you know.
0: Take not care at all. Actually, we—we we, it passed. It passed. Actually, one of the during the second hour or the first hour of debate, rather, um, all parties were in unison in the House of Commons after first reading. Wow, all, uh, that's wonderful. All parties were in unison to I love have this it. bill move forward. I that's, love yeah. it. I so love there's it. a lot of support for the bill. Definitely, it's just a matter of. Ironing out, you know, making sure that all parties are, are happy and on board with moving this bill forward. Um, and uh, that's it. Yes. But um, I would encourage people, Canadians, to write to their MPs and ask them to support the bill. I think that would be one of the strongest, uh, one of the strongest things to do um, is ask to tell your MP as a Canadian, tell your MP that you support this bill and you're asking them to support it as well.
1: Excellent. Do you have a Web page you want to let us know about, please?
0: Sure, sure. So people can go to becrueltyfree.ca dot c a okay um and yeah and and actually sign the petition there um and uh, that will bring you directly. You'll be able to put in for Canadians. You'll be able to put in um your uh, your postal code and your MP will come up so you can send a message directly to them. Oh,
1: that is fantastic. Now who's do you have a counterpart? you you said you're global. Do you have a counterpart in the United States? Do you have someone? As fantastic as Aviva is, Canada, uh, some some other <laughs> s- some other folks who are pushing for good stuff like this, leaping bunnies in the states, stateside.
0: Yes, we do. I we do. We have our. Uh, I have my colleagues in the states who are working for the Humane Cosmetics Act, and the Humane Cosmetics Act that was reintroduced in 2017. And there's a lot of support for that as well. Excellent. Um So Americans can reach out to uh, to their legislative representatives to ask them to support the bill as well, because we need that. And there are, I think now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there are over 200 or 300 co-sponsors of the bill. So it's just growing. So that's that's amazing as well. Uh,
1: Excellent. But they can go to your website, and they could, you know, trap us through your website and find if they want to do good karma all over the place and have have, uh, animals not be tested on. One guide is through Nancy's page and website here, the stimulus, we reach a global market as well. And to go to your website, we'll make some change, right?
0: Right. Definitely, definitely, yes, yes, that would be great. So people can visit hsus.org forward slash be cruelty free, and then they can learn all about the U.S. campaign and cosmetic animal testing. And and if people want to visit, um, if your listeners want to visit uh, hsi hsi hsi.org. Forward slash be cruelty free, then you can learn about the international global campaign to end Excellent. cosmetic animal testing. You're, you're very you're, you're busy. You're a
1: wonderfully good Tell, person. Where are
0: you calling from? I'm in Montreal. Hey, actually. Montreal. C'est
1: pas vrai. Tu appelles du Montréal? Je te pas. C'est pas vrai.
0: <laughs> no, That's cool.
2: great. That was just in Montreal. Are you going to be going to the animal law conference in
0: Halifax in a few weeks in October? I'm looking at it actually. I'm looking at it. Yes, I haven't. I'm trying to work out my schedule, but yeah, there's a real possibility that I might. It looks very interesting. Yeah,
1: well, so then, I'm going
2: to be there. Yeah, I so, might go uh, too.
1: If you oh, go, you if, if, if 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 you go, I might go too. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> What the heck? We'll
0: have to keep in touch by email and then we'll see. Yes, yeah, maybe I'll on. maybe I'll be able to make it out there.
1: There you go. And what do you do for a living though? What do you, what do you do besides this?
0: This is my full-time job. <laughs> this is so full... I work for HSI. <laughs> oh, you work I'm for SSI? i save animals around the world all the time. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's a, wonderful to you know. Super that's a great for living. Animals. That's a great
2: living. I, I just, I just, I, I, I'm so jealous. Wake up in the morning <laughs> and have this
1: to do. That's a great living.
2: Just, to just, to, yes. That's that's just a wonderful thing that you do, and, really.
1: And you're based in Montreal. I
0: am. Yes, we have our actually the HSI Canada. Humane Society International Canada office, our flagship Canadian office, is in Montreal. So let's do that. It's so, somewhere in
2: Montreal, uh, Montreal yeah. William. We go to visit we, we them. We have to
1: visit you because uh, I don't get too personal here, but, uh, you know, La Chasse, the magazine, La Chasse, the hunter magazines, I, yes. used, I used to read them. I don't know how old you are. I used to read them on breaks. What, is that
2: about hunting?
1: I used to read them on breaks at Steinberg's. But That's probably before hunt. your time, Aviva. <laughs> uh, Steinberg's,
0: yes, Steinberg's. Yeah, you course, know Steinberg's? I, I used to read them on yes, breaks,
1: yeah. La Chasse. So, so by you getting in there and uh, with with the population there, that's fantastic. Anyways, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, I'm
2: going to follow up with you, Viv. If I don't see you at the Halifax conference at the Schulich School of Law, we'll I want to follow up on we'll the, after the election on what and also on the U.S. side of things, what what's going on with that legislation. So I hope that you can take the time again from your full time job and animal work uh um,
1: <laughs> what is it Vetter c- v victor e-t-t-e-r sorry nancy what's your last name
0: that's exactly it yes exactly how you spelled it okay. but yes i count myself very lucky to be able to wake up every day and have this for a job i never dreamed that it would wow. be but when i was younger this is what i always wanted to do so that's yeah i'm beautiful. very I'm, i feel that i'm very lucky you to are be in please position.
1: stay in touch and yeah. on a personal note montreal you know they're running around a soul and nancy's show Speaking so highly of Impossible Burgers Beyond Meat, and it's taken over North America by storm. But Harvey's, Aviva, has had a fantastic veggie burger for 150,000 years. Just so you know. I know.
0: know. One thank of you. my favorites.
1: Thank you. Just so you know.
2: Okay. Yes, Aviva. One of my thank, favorites. Thank you very much um, for uh, being on the show. This is all the time we have, but I, I would like for you to come back and talk a little bit more about the progress of what uh, of all this legislation. Sincerely thank you thank, thank you th- i would
0: love to thank you so
2: much thank for the invitation
1: thank you okay, have a nice uh, thanks Aviva. thank no. you thank so, you for calling bye. in bye-bye thank you so much bye bye-bye. wow i
2: really uh, a
1: great call what amazing She's great that's they're what really pushing full-time? through
2: yes and they're really pushing through with this legislation there's no opposition can you imagine even the conservatives in canada on board this is a lesson yeah that's for- this is a lesson for the for Congress. Yeah. If you just like put your personal preferences aside and just like come together on, on, yeah. on doing with yeah. the on doing good, you know? Yeah,
1: And testing cosmetically is a vanity thing. It's not even saying like we're doing for the sake of no. medicine. You know, we're gonna point to put stuff in the rabbit's eyes for the sake of medicine to help the blind. And they have
2: to keep the eye open. The the rabbit right. can't right. even it's close sick. his eyes. Is so he's why? his eyes are burning and they have to keep these eyes open to for the test to be Valid. There's so no anyway.
1: relationship to that and why Melania squints, is there? No, she okay. squints because she's okay. used to
2: posing okay. in front of a camera. Okay. Anyway, so this is all the time we have today, and I really appreciate you. Uh,
1: we love you. This is a hands-on show. show. This show is part of everyday life when you see your little dogs and your cats and all your little animals and the birdies who land in your backyard, your front yard. You know, this is this. These are the guys who can't yeah. speak for themselves. So
2: thank you very, very much for spending this time with us, and we look forward to uh, spending time again with you next Sunday. William, do you have some final words?
1: No, thank you. I'm going to start crying. Okay. Okay. You <laughs> Thanks, wanna, folks. You
2: don't want to tell your dog story.
1: My, what was the dog story? The, the, Quick.
2: Would your dog be with the person you want your dog? Oh,
1: to... Why, just be the person your dog thinks you are.
2: Okay, we're going to end on that note. Thank you very much.
1: All right, bye, folks. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.